Hello and welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie and today I'm delighted to be joined by Martin Taylor, Deputy CEO at Content Bureau. Martin, thanks once again. Uh, thank you very much once again for joining us today. How are you doing? Great. Good to be with you again, Charlie, and uh, looking forward to, to another interesting discussion. Absolutely. Um, today we're going to be discussing um, video uh, in the contact center and kind of the broader implications uh, for customer experience. And this is a topic uh, you know, that um, we've been speaking about for many a year. And it was always kind of expected to be uh, the next big thing in contact centers, but that kind of real big explosion never really uh, quite happens. Uh, so I think maybe before we get into all the ex kind of exciting new use cases and possibilities, I'm going to start by asking you, why do you think that video has not yet seen its kind of day in the contact center? Yeah, well, I've been in this business for a long time now, since the 90s. And you know, when I first started, even then it was you know, pictures, picture tell, that was the big new thing. But it's going to be video conferencing and it's really going to be the next big thing. It's just around the corner. Uh, and that's kind of evolved through a few generations now. The camera phone was going to be the, the thing that did it. Uh, you know, having more Wi-Fi in more places was going to do it. But really, it never really took off, I think, for a couple of reasons. One, hassle, really, because a, the consumer doesn't want extra bother. So initially, the hassle meant you know, devices, a special TV uh, in a special room, maybe, uh, to have a booked conference uh, that was on video. So sometimes it was worthwhile, maybe if you're doing some kind of big deal signing or something, but usually it, it wouldn't be worthwhile. And then I suppose the bar was lowered as more devices became available. But again, it was a bother. I had some of those first generation camera phones and the 3G networks really weren't up to it in spite of the, the claims at the time. Um, you had to use difficult apps. Sometimes you had to have the same uh, device at either end in order to have the conversation. So just you know, barriers, really, that, that prevented people being able to easily access this technology. You know, say Wi-Fi networks were really slow and glitchy. So a lot of that went away really over the course of the pandemic um, when, you know, I suppose, people were forced to use video a bit more. We couldn't communicate as much face-to-face. -face. Uh, and networks evolved. Lots of us got better Wi-Fi at home because we needed to work there. Uh, 4G uh, became ubiquitous, replacing 3G. So the kind of hassle factor at the device and network level went away. We learned kind of how to use these technologies a bit uh, in our private lives. Uh, and then I suppose it was a question of how could we adopt that in our communications with organizations? So organizations had always been keen on kind of siloed devices. It was even now, you know, people are using uh, things like GoodSAM, perfectly good video product, uh, or maybe for location using what three words. Organizations like these things, but consumers not so much. So they don't want to break off from having a, a discussion in order to have some kind of separate thread or worse still, download an app. I think most apps are still only used just over one time, so one point something or other. Uh, so I don't know if it's the fact you, you've got to download an app to show a picture of your, your boiler uh, to your housing association that one time, it's probably not quite going to do it for you. 
Whereas obviously if you can just switch over in, in the middle of a conversation, do the video bit and then and get on without breaking flow, then I think you've got the convenience. So I think I would say that it's really hassle has what's held video back. Too much hassle in, in its various forms over the years. Yeah, it's interesting actually as well. If you take it from kind of the company's perspective um, itself in terms of, you know, it might have had to previously kind of choose a, instead of going through their traditional CCAS vendor, maybe you go through a separate vendor and then they kind of have this boxed off solution where the data doesn't flow into the rest of the contact center. Um, and that the data they get from those conversations doesn't also come in. So as well from the business and customer experience, but I think you laid out lo lots of great reasons there as to why it's also not made its move in terms of kind of, despite kind of the, uh, the rise of the smartphone, the rise of better network quality, the better interoper interoperability between devices. So I think there's lots of uh, really good stuff there. And despite it not kind of having its boom, there are, industry starting to lead the way with these new advances um, in video technology. Um, so I think it would be interesting maybe to kind of ask you kind of which industries do you see um, leading that charge? Yeah. Um, and what kind of, what are some of the use cases that they're, that they're yeah. using that they're seeing? Well, you're right in that a video in and of itself isn't really going to do it. Um, I think it probably would have already, if it was going to be the big standalone technology. I mean, it's got its uses, but I think its best use is as part of an integrated contact environment where, crucially, the, the picture part adds value. So it's either going to reduce call time, it's going to result in getting things resolved quicker, so driving up the first contact resolution. And I think in some arenas, some verticals, it, it's kind of landed first. And I suppose the big one's been healthcare. If you, again, go cast your mind back to the pandemic um, and doctors didn't want to catch COVID by seeing patients. Patients couldn't travel. Uh, but yeah, they had these devices that could have a video call. And at the same time, uh, some were able to take advantage of contact centers uh, as contact center technologies, I suppose, that had integrated video already. Um, and so they were able to go from a voice call to a video consultation uh, easily and quickly. Uh, so really it came out of the urgent care space uh, and primary care uh, within healthcare. Initially it started as one-way communication where doctors were all a bit shy, they didn't want to be seen. Uh, and then you know, after a, a couple of months, they worked out that the patient likes to see the doctor as well. So we were asked to go from just a one-way front-facing camera to kind of two-way video comms, and then doing the black background blurring and, and you know, these sorts of things that we've got used to in kind of regular uh, video uh, conversations that we have. So certainly in the UK, uh, where I'm based, the NHS uh, was a, a big adopter of that. They sped through approvals mechanisms, so we cut down a lot of the, the testing and validation that we had to do to, to a much smaller and tighter feature set. So that's good. And again, healthcare continues to be a beneficiary of video tech. Probably the next one that we've moved on to is police. So yeah, we work in police, I think we're the only cloud contact center in policing, actually, in emergency services generally. So again, police have the advantage of wanting 
to have this emergency service, but with a bit of extra information being conveyed. So whereas in health, it might be what the rash looks like, your kind of general state of pallor and ill health. Uh, in police, it could be that we've got a maybe a 999 call in a contact center, uh, and we're upgunning that to a video stream. So that video of the scene right there immediately into the control room. So of course, once you've got that video, it can go into evidence management. It could be sent to officers on their way to the scene, on their mobile data terminal, in the vehicle. We're making sure we've got the, the right resource. You know, we're gonna find this particular horror scene uh, when they arrive there. So then there's a lot of value there. And if you think about the evidential part as well, uh, it's not just CCTV, police go looking for dash cam footage, uh, they go looking for doorbell footage, body cam footage is a, is a big part of evidence management now. Uh, we probably saw there was that one police force lost three years of body cam footage, it's jeopardized dozens of cases. So this kind of video evidence, uh, which we can capture from millions of citizen camera operators uh, who are reporting these kind of incidents, that's invaluable to police. So I think those two are the, the kind of leading ones. Probably, uh, you know, if you look beyond there, anyone with a, a kind of in the field element you know, is, is going to be up for this as well. Think about insurers. So you have a a knock, you want to uh, send a, some pictures from the scene of the, of the state of things, that will help in perhaps the insurance company uh, establishing the first notification of loss so that they can take charge of sending the tow truck uh, and maybe dealing with a courtesy car for maybe the, the guy you've crashed into so the, the local tow truck uh, merchant doesn't take control of the scene and uh, costs start to escalate. So really any of those kind of people are out in the field type of situations. Could be utilities, it could be your broadband provider. Um, this is the box, the, the, oh, those two lights are showing. That means you need to, to re-sync it with that other box over there. Could be you know, the boiler for your housing association, it might be a university, it could be things going on in your student halls. You, know, you could be really any provider of, of large-scale rental accommodation. So I think all of those kind of use cases where we need to broadcast from the scene or you know, bring an expert in the back office to the scene uh, and resolve something there and then, I think that's kind of meeting that criterion of being useful. So you know, video's got to add value, either because it's broadcasting some uh, urgent events from the scene and conveying lots of extra information to the organization, or else it is providing a, a kind of expert fix to a service for the consumer. Uh, in both cases, it just makes it much more likely that that consumer is definitely going to use their device and that video capability. Mm. The fact that you could do something in tech has never been a reliable indicator that consumers will actually do it. Just look at 3D TV. Think of all the work that the TV manufacturers put into their 3D televisions. The shops were full of them. No one really needed a 3D TV, but industry hadn't stopped to ask. Uh, whereas now I think we've, we've kind of got some proper use cases, 
some benefits for the consumer as well as the organization. And so I think you've then passed the point, given the ease of use, where video is now ready for more widespread adoption. Yeah, I think there's lots of really great stuff there. And I'll start by thanking you for at the beginning of your answer, saying the point around the benefits of integrated video within the CCAS suites uh, much more coherently than I did. Um, <laughs> but I also think the policing example was particularly fascinating. You know, we've seen it, I've seen it myself, maybe in utilities, how it can work, bringing in kind of the boiler engineer, uh, an example that you said, and kind of healthcare, I think a lot of us have experiences in that. But I think it, those kind of, kind of new, new era uh, use cases within policing um, through actually content guru itself kind of leading the way in that. I think those those are particularly fascinating and it will be maybe interesting now to look at some of the sectors that, um, you know, have the potential to benefit from video but aren't necessarily, haven't been as quick to, um, to adopt it yet. Um, can you, is there any that maybe come to mind and what possible use cases do you see out there for them? Yeah, well, I see obviously healthcare and police as the two early adopters. Uh, I think the next ones to follow you know, are going to be insurers, utilities, service providers, uh, anyone with, with lots of consumers who are in the field in one way or another, uh, where uh, those devices that they've got can connect back through the contact centre to the subject matter experts and deliver their expertise to the scene. Uh, to, in order to resolve a query of any kind quickly and easily. So any kind of you know, large-scale housing provider, housing association, local authority with, with council housing stock, uh, a university with halls of residence and student flats, all where you've got these distributed populations who need things occasionally. Not enough to warrant having some kind of app, but you know, when they have a problem, they want it sorted quickly. Uh, and the organization with its contact center, if it can now plug that straight into the people who can fix the problem there and then on that first contact without the need for an appointment or let's make a booking for the engineer to come next week. All of that sort of thing, which is expensive as well as inconvenient. Those are great use cases for where video can really add value to that contact center. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that that continues very, uh, very well, actually, on from kind of the ones where we're seeing value uh, now and kind of where we can possibly kind of extract further value um, from video. And, it, and in helping extract that further um, value, we're seeing many kind of more multimedia capabilities being added to um, the video channel, um, such as kind of um, um, sorry, not, uh, not to the video channel, just multimedia capabilities coming and adding more con kind of context um, into the contact center and helping um, service agents like video does. So I'm thinking sort of kind of images through new imagery and geolocation and new features um, like that and how they can kind of help to differentiate brands. Just how powerful do you think those features kind of in addition to video um, can possibly be? Yeah, I mean, video, whilst you know, we've established, is powerful in itself. If we add some of the other capabilities, that particularly the mobile device uh, that the consumer has in their hand can provide to the contact center and the organization, then it starts to kind of bulk up the, the value of this of capability. So stills, still pictures are, are, are very useful, for example. So it needn't be that the picture is moving, 
sometimes you can get, even from quite a low bandwidth type of environment, you can send a good quality photograph. It could be of the rash, of a broken boiler, of the bent fender, uh, and then you can just send that up. Uh, also, you know, any other type of file, really. But I think one of the big ones that we're seeing is you know, the geolocation. So you know, I mentioned earlier separate applications like what three words, which are very good. But in a situation, particularly a stress type situation where something's going on in the moment and you need to establish quickly where somebody is in order to get them help or just to steer them to uh, the right person or the right in, you know, organization that's going to help them where they are, being able to get a very accurate GPS fix on where they are. So where they are within the building, the playground between the two streets, uh, where they are in a field or next to a canal. So all these kind of places that don't necessarily lend themselves to a postcode or a street name. Uh, you're driving along, who knows what junction you've just passed. You, you weren't really paying attention, but now you've broken down. So we need to get to you. And now we can see you all between junctions 11 and 12 on the westbound carriageway uh, and would be just by that bridge there. So the people that are coming to help you will know exactly where to come. So that geolocation simply established by clicking on a link on a text message. It's then there on the screen for the contact center agent that can then be forwarded to anyone that needs to know. And actually we're seeing that often now that the, the video stream contains that uh, link with the, the geolocation at the bottom of the same picture. So you not only can be talking to the person, but you can see exactly where they are, just adding a bit of color. So generally you know, pictures and, and location, I would say are the, are the big things there. Hmm. Yeah, it's quite interesting actually. I think for myself, I've had a previous experience where I broke down um, on one of the bridges going across from uh, England to Wales once, and uh, they sent an engineer to the wrong bridge. <laughs> so just Easily having done. that feature could have saved hours. And I mean, in terms of fuel costs as well, um, it would have saved actually the organization lots of money. So that was one I particularly uh, related to. And also, you know, I could have sent images of my problems and perhaps there was a way which I could have solved it without having an engineer come out in the first place. So I think those features are really, as you mentioned, as you highlighted, adding um, in more kind of context for agents um, to kind of uh, to use and benefit our customer experiences. Yeah, um, I think actually the agent is a good point because we always talk about the consumer and the customer experience, but the agent and their experience of, of how they work, I think increasing the the kind of ease with which they can carry out their jobs is valuable as well. I mean, mm. agents become agents usually because they want to help people. So they get frustrated when tools aren't there for them to help people or they're not able to resolve the query. So I think if we can just transition seamlessly from just a call to getting something fixed and you're kind of resolving that as the agent in that first contact, you're going to feel pretty good about that level of empowerment. So I think that is a you know, an extra aspect that we've got to consider when we're looking at the value of video and some of these extra multimedia elements. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I guess as well in the example that I gave, just how much simpler it would have been 
um, for the agent if we had such a capability because I wouldn't have had to phone back and they wouldn't have had to uh, kind of establish how the mistake was made and sort of have that panic um, yeah. factor too. So I think uh, it's it's also interesting, as you mentioned, to look through the gauge of the um, agent experience, but kind of just want to follow um, or maybe with the final question just about uh, we've we've had this look at the possibilities of where video can go with these new features, with these new industries taking it on. It'd be interesting to hear kind of uh, from from your kind of vendor perspective how you're involving your video solution um, to continue improving these uh, customer experience, uh, the customer experiences of the future. Yeah, of course. Well, for us, um, customer experience is king. The agent experience uh, is is important as well. And we look at the organization experience. So really the kind of key word that our customers are bringing us is we want efficiency. So we want productivity gains. We've got to drive out friction costs. So a lot of that is places where the contact center can really add a lot of value. So if we can reduce the time to sort things out, if we can reduce truck rolls to the wrong location, if we can avoid sending the engineer when the engineer could sort it out without leaving their desk uh, in that first contact. Uh, Time is money, not just for the consumer, but for the organization. So we're always looking as a vendor at how can we make things quicker, more efficient, more effective, more enjoyable place to work, uh, reduce churn, uh, reduce the cost of onboarding new people, cut down training time and so on. So we're always looking at how can things be more intuitive and just work better. So we've got this product Stormlink, which is what we introduced during the pandemic to do video. So we've been working really to enhance Stormlink. In fact, the new version of it's just recently gone into general availability. So it's not just got video now, it's got front and rear camera video these days. Also doing stills, we're doing file uploads, and we're doing that all important location sharing. So a geolocation, without needing to install any kind of app, know anything at all other than how to click on a link in a text message, which absolutely everyone knows how to do. I think 97% of smartphones in the UK, or rather 97% of mobile phones in the UK are smartphones. So it's pretty much ubiquitous. Everyone can share that kind of information now. And if they know that they're gonna get a better service, a faster response, maybe a first contact resolved, then they, they will do that because they realize there's a benefit to them. The hassle factor is almost nil uh, and yeah, they're gonna be on their way that much quicker. So I think the Stormlink being an integral part of our contact center as a service proposition just makes it easy to adopt, uh, easy to learn. You don't really need an instruction manual or some extensive extra training in how to use it. It's just the same kind of behaviors that all the hundreds of thousands of agents who work uh, on Storm today will already know how to do this. It's just maybe an extra button or two on the interface. And then probably the other aspect is linking that back to those sectors that are either adopting uh, video or are in that kind of next wave that we talked about. So healthcare and police, for example, uh, we're already there with the doing 999, 112, 101, 111, those kind of urgent and emergency services 
where the kind of which are the low hanging fruit really for video. So we're already in a lot of these places. I, I, as far as I know, we're the only contact center as a service platform doing 999 emergency services. And then if you look into the utilities, the insurers, a lot of those are our customers already. So that means we can roll this out into a lot of places very quickly. And hopefully then you're getting some really good use cases that will encourage others to kind of adopt as well uh, and increase the competitive advantage or maybe close up the competitive advantage that these early adopters have got. Because I think if you have video, if you have these multimedia capabilities and you can just switch seamlessly from your normal contact center omni-channel experience into these extra uh, ways of communicating without booking anything, without appointments, installing apps, extra hassle for the consumer or extra training for your agents, you're going to have an advantage over those organizations who haven't got that capability. Yeah, and there was an excellent case study actually that I uh, read with Content Guru and how you kind of helped the NHS um, to uh, implement um, video in what is, I imagine, one of the most complex uh, <laughs> infrastructures yeah. uh, uh, imaginable and how it was able to kind of make that a smooth um, process um, um, there. So I'll add a, I'll add a link uh, into that one below um, in the description box below. But Martin, it's always really great speaking to you. I think we covered uh, lots on that video there and it was yeah, a great conversation. So thank you very much uh, for joining right. me today. Thank you, Charlie. Absolute pleasure. Excellent. And uh, also, I'd like to thank everybody for watching. Bye for now.